Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Lines are wide open. Um, We'd love to talk about what God is doing in your life, answer questions from the Bible, pray together, uh, give God a chance to minister over the airwaves, which is always a fascinating, it's always fascinating to me. We, it's the mundane, isn't it? It is the regular, it's, it is, uh, thing, you know, stuff that we take for granted, but we shouldn't because God is at work. So check this out. We got a testimony through our website today. Uh, We get testimonies all the time, but this one is uh, encouraging. And um, it's uh, an email um, that says, Good morning, Ed. I'm writing to say thank you. Your endless love for bringing the teachings of Christ and the love of God to everyone makes my heart sing. My walk with God is new, only a month in now. Over the course of my 38 years on this planet, I've tried to walk this path a few times. Every time it was for the wrong reasons. I was raised to believe in God, take heed and believe in the teachings of Jesus, and I honestly wanted to believe for my family's happiness. And she goes on to talk about how Grace FM and the Calvary Church app and how she was listening to a message I taught just last week, the freedom submission brings, and she's following the Lord for the first time in a real way. So God bless you, sister. Um, you know these these testimonies uh, are life giving, and may the Lord continue to use us in these last days. And I, I don't mean just us, like here at the church or the radio station, but I mean us, like you and me like us as the body of Christ, at us that God wants us to be the church. And I have a role. Uh, I have a responsibility. I have a calling. I have a, a position, and and I want to be faithful in it. And you do too. And it may not be, uh, and it's probably not. Most people are not called to pastoral ministry. Most people are not called to pastor a church or to be an ass- assistant or associate pastor. Whatever your calling is, it's just as important as mine. Uh, Whatever your calling is, whatever God is doing in your life is equally important as, remember what Paul talked about being the hands and the feet, Um, and and that, you know, we we don't want to be something that we're not. Uh, We want to be exactly where God has us, and, you know, Paul was saying, um, he was talking to the Corinthian believers 
uh, when when he was exhorting them about their role in the body, remember, and he talked about the specific place that we're to be. Uh, not everybody is called to be a mouth uh, or to be a nose. Uh, listen to what he says. It's 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, uh, and he says, and this is so important, it's just such a beautiful thing, uh, beginning in verse 12. And by the way, give me a call. Text me or to call me. Here's the phone number to be on the air, 303 690 Text me, 720-336-0897. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So check this out. If the foot should say, because I'm not of a hand, I'm not of the body, is therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased, And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But indeed, now there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head or the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow great honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And here's a key. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all members rejoice. So let's rejoice over this new sister in the Lord uh, that uh, is... uh, part of the family of God. She is now part of the body, and she is um, excited to share her story. And we get to be a small part of it, but we're, you get to be a part of it. You know, if you're, if you support Grace FM financially, if you pray for us, you know, you're just driving by and maybe the Lord speaks to you and you're, you're like, man, Lord, use that message in someone else's life. Maybe she is the answer to your prayer. Or if you send in a financial gift uh, you, you know, you support the ministry. It's what it is. You support Grace FM financially. Uh, we pay the bills. Uh, we get the computers, all of that. Uh, you're a part of it. So we're all part of it together as the body. So good. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. All right. We're going to shoot out to Baltimore, Maryland now. Betty is in Baltimore. Welcome to the program. Yes. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, Hi, Betty. I have a question. Um, it's about the Ten Commandments. Okay. Um, when God tells us that um, we shall not make any idols or any um, images, yes. Um, does that mean that we're not allowed to have pictures of Jesus in our home? No, I don't think it means you can't have pictures of Jesus in your home. Okay. However, however, mm-hmm. if okay. that picture of Jesus is mm-hmm. an object of worship, then mm-hmm. that's forbidden. 
if that pi- picture of Jesus that somebody uh, painted becomes your view of Jesus, like that's how you see him and you say that's who he is because, you know, we don't know what he looked like, then that's not okay. Uh, that's forbidden. If you are uh, making an image of God so that it becomes your God, that's what's forbidden in the Ten Commandments. Um, what's not forbidden is to express yourself artistically or to have a reminder uh, that Jesus is with you. But you have to recognize it can't be an object of worship and it can't be a representation of God. Like you can't look at it and say that is Jesus. It's not. It's a picture depicting um, a a reminder of your Savior, but the picture's not even accurate because we don't know what he looked like. Okay. I see. Okay. That's what I needed to know. Um, I also need prayer because I was in a car accident recently. Okay. Um, And this guy's telling me it's my fault, but I believe it's his fault because he got over in the left lane when I was trying to turn into a McDonald's and we collided. So, Oh no. Are you so, injured? No, we're not. No, there's no injury. It's just a, Oh, I think I lost you. Are you still there? Okay. Father, I pray for Betty. I'm grateful that she's not injured. Um, but I also know that uh, it's a troubling thing for her, and so I pray that you would comfort her and strengthen her. Uh, if there's finances and resource needed to fix her car or to get another car, God, I pray that you would provide that uh, and that you would encourage her as she asks these questions that will help her better be in a place of obedience to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. Let's go back to the phone lines, and here is Tim here in Aurora. Uh, welcome to the program. Hey Tim, you're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ed. How's hey, it going? Welcome. I'm going great, man. What's up? Awesome. So I have a cousin who is a Catholic. Okay, and I was. Wondering, my question stems for from the apocrypha that's in the Catholic Bible. Yes. And how would I approach that subject when it comes to letting him know that I don't I don't agree with those books being in the Bible? And yes. is it part of the Revelation twenty two when it gives a warning not to be adding or taking away from the scripture. Yeah. That's a great question. I, I think there's a couple of things and then and then I can give some insight on the apocrypha, but I I I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to lead with a conversation to say, hey friend, you know, the Bible in your hand, it's horrible uh, because it has the apocrypha in it. And don't you know the apocrypha was at like I would want it to come up in a regular conversation. I would want it to be okay. a part of relationship. Like I would I, I would, it depends on where you are. Like you already may be there like this. So this is for the sake of also others listening in where I would want this conversation to happen in relationship. It has to happen. So I think the conversation is right. I think it is, is a good one to have. I think it is an opportunity to really talk about some of the deeper things of 
uh, deeper concerning things as it relates to Roman Catholicism, and this would be one of them. Um, the and and so, however you do it, the 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 data behind it is, you know, the apocrypha. It, it simply means hidden, and you know, between uh, when you look at the testaments between the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, in the Book of Malachi, and the New Testament, Matthew, there were hundreds of years of silence. And you know as well as I do, uh, and what I mean by silence is that God wasn't giving new revelation. Uh, he did yeah. not give new revelation until John the Baptist, that final prophet, comes declaring Messiah has arrived. We, 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 it was, it's been silent, and, and you know as well as I do, in silence, uh, we just can't stand silence. So in the silence, other books per, claiming to be inspired of God were written, and they're known as the Apocrypha. Um, and the the nation of Israel, you know, the, the children of Israel, From if you look at it from an Old Testament, from an Old Covenant perspective, um, they acknowledged that these books existed, but never, ever accepted them into the Hebrew Bible. Uh, they recognized them. A lot of people were writing a lot of things, but they never, like books like Esdras, Tobit, Wisdom of Solomon, Baruch, uh, the letter of Jeremiah, Maccabee, first and second Maccabees, and others, they were never accepted into the Hebrew canon. Uh, and even in the early church, there were arguments over whether to accept them or not. Uh, and, you know, like anything in early church history or any of the councils, there were a lot, lot of argumentation. Uh, and for the side that decided that they didn't belong, they made a wise choice because many things within them are not true, number one. Number two, not historically accurate. And number three, some things within the Apocrypha actually are, are, are contradictory to the revealed scriptures. Uh, and okay. so the, the Roman Catholics didn't, didn't um, Roman Catholicism didn't yeah. add the books, the Apocrypha, into the Bible until the 1500s. Um, and they did so... To justify some of their um, some of their uh, doctrines in response to the in, in response to the Protestant Reformation, so things like um, praying for the dead, praying to the saints in heaven, worshiping angels, giving money to get out of sin, those are all apocryphal. Yep. The only support for that is within the apocrypha. So uh, I don't believe they're they're to be. Uh, accepted in the scriptures. I agree with the camp that decided no. Uh, I I think that um, we know, we believe them not to be inspired, not to be a part of the canon. And I think you could make a strong argument that it follows in with um, an addition to the word of God if they become authoritative. Like, for example, if you wrote a note in your Bible, you could say, you could make an argument, oh, you're writing extra notes in your Bible, you're adding to the scriptures. And your answer to that would be, no, I am writing a note in my Bible, but it's not authoritative. I'm not saying it's yeah. the Bible. I'm just jotting a note down. I'm not adding to Scripture, but I am adding a thought to that particular text. Whereas for the Roman Catholics, they not only add these books, but they actually assert them as authoritative, and mm -hmm. that's a big problem. Mm. Yeah, he... He had mentioned my cousin, he, we were talking about this, 
And he said, you know that the Catholic is the oldest religion. And I was thinking to myself, like, no, it wasn't. It was the the Jews with the Old Testament. That's That was the first. It wasn't Catholicism. So I don't know where he where he got everything and I and I did some research and found out that it was in the 1500s and it did support the uh purgatory and paying to get relatives mm-hmm. out of out of hell and whatever I mean whatever you want to call it but yes. it's just I I want to approach this very very um sensitively to him because he does believe in God but he's just yeah. he's a little misguided and I I don't know how to how to how I should go about it, I guess. Well, there's a great resource that I recommend in times like this because it actually sets the table in communicating uh, to a Roman Catholic about faith that's very respectful, honoring, um, but also truthful, right? You're coming in with Perfect. grace and truth. Uh, it, this Perfect. is the title of the book. It's called Reasoning from the Scriptures with Roman Catholics. Reasoning from the Scriptures with Roman Catholics. And the reason I like this series of books, there's actually a few different uh, in this series. The author's name is Ron Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S. And the reason I, the reason I like this series is that he gives you the facts. We, we almost always, for good reason, camp on the facts. Um, and we, we actually lose arguments sometimes because we try to talk fact with fact. And actually forget, like you did, you didn't forget. I, I think you're a good example. He's my cousin. I know he ha, he knows God. He ha, he just is a little bit uh, confused or just learning, you know, just mimicking uh, what he learned in the Roman Catholic Church and not really, um, that that's the, that's the greatest way to approach this is to communicate in such a way that honors the person but gives the facts and and that's what Ron Rose yeah. does and what he does is he teaches you not only the facts behind it but then he gives you a good open-ended question that will let the person you're talking to leave with an unresolved issue now they may they may argue with you they may I don't care and I don't want to know but in your dialogue you're like no wait a minute so if praying to the saints is okay uh, then why would Jesus say that he's the only mediator to God? You know, he may never have thought of that before. And yeah, he may yeah. not answer you in the moment, and he may go, oh, just stop it, you're just one of those Protestants. But you've left him, he's he's going to leave your presence with an unresolved question. And the Holy Spirit loves to use unresolved questions to bring truth to a heart. Yeah. And he is a reasonable man, so I think that will be good for him to have as well. Because he it'll will be think very about helpful. Think about it. Yes, it's a it's a great tool, and it's cha- You know, reading his first in this series, the first one was reasoning from the scriptures with Jehovah's Witnesses, and after I read it, it changed my whole approach. It it changed my whole approach to not just being factual, but but being personal and factual, and and knowing that I'm not the one that's going to win the argument. I'm not the one that's going to convince anyone. I'm just going to be a tool in the hand of God, but I'm going to be, I want to be a good tool. I want to be well-equipped. I want to know what I believe. And I also want to know what you believe, or at least what you should believe. Like uh, another thing with Roman Catholicism is many, many of those that are Roman Catholics actually don't know what they believe. Um, They, 
They don't know what the catechism says or what the consequences of the catechism. They don't know that praying for the dead is not in the Bible anywhere. Um, yeah. And and even a simple statement like, you know, we're the oldest religion, um, you know, that that's not true. Paganism uh, existed long before Roman Catholicism. Uh, and yeah. uh, the re- the reality of of what I th- what I know what he's trying to communicate to you is that they believe in something known as apostolic succession. So that this he would probably say if he was using clear words he'd probably say Roman Catholicism is the oldest line of Christianity because they date it back to Peter calling imposing upon him the office of the Pope that was created you know hundreds of years later which is not a biblical concept of leadership either so um i think the book will help you a lot and it'll help you on the apocrypha question i think there's a whole chapter in there on the apocrypha uh, but every all the other popular things surrounding roman catholicism does it have anything to do with them changing the 12 commandments and getting rid of the second and multiplying the tenth i don't know anything about that i've never heard that before so, I, and I, I did some research into this because I've, I've watched some, uh, some YouTube videos about this, and okay. they actually took out, and this was in a, you know, a, a Catholic source that I was looking at, and okay. my cousin even actually took a picture of what's outside of their church, and they get rid of, you should not have a carved image. They totally... Take, took that out of their Ten Commandments, and covet thy neighbor and covet thy wife are two different commandments at the end of their Ten Commandments. Yeah, and I haven't heard I of that. Was, but I, I, I had re- I had learned about this, and it's because of their idol worship with their statues and Mary and how they turned Mary into uh, a woman that had never, you know, she was immaculately concepted but never... She basically was a god in their eyes, and and they don't believe that she had any other children, which is a lie. We know that, but um, that was why that came about, I guess. And so I asked him, and he said, "Well, it's covered in number one, and I don't know if if that's the case. If you've changed anything, it's already wrong yeah. in my yes, in my opinion." And, and so I, you know, I did a little research. It says in the in the Catholic Catechism and most recent Catholic documents uh, found on the Vatican website, the first and second commandments have been combined to read, I am the Lord your God, you shall not have any other gods beside me. To get the number of commandments back to ten, the tenth commandment split into two. You shall not cover your yep. neighbor's wife, you not cover your neighbor's goods. So uh, I've never heard of that until you just shared it with me, but I would not I would not mess with the ten commandments. That's just... Um, the author of this article says it's not necessarily wrong for them to combine the first and second commandments and split them, but I would not mess with any of them. Um, and I would keep the word of God the way it is reflective in the original language. Well, that's like one of the most basic things we know. You can't mess with the word of God. And I just, I feel like that's, uh, that's something that happened that was very evil, but at the same time, like you said, they don't even, Two Roman Catholics in the same church don't even exactly believe the same thing because it's so vague and not led with the the word of God. So they so it's Correct. open to interpretation, I guess, which is kind of yes, blows me away. Well, 
they leave it open, you know, they leave it open to anything that might be extra biblical. They'll just appeal to tradition and they'll appeal to someone uh, very much in Judaism. They do the same thing. If, if it's not in the text, they'll just appeal to the Mishnah, uh, to an extra biblical text to, to Uh. uh, affirm their behaviors. And, and so the good news is, is that you have the opportunity to speak truth uh, into your cousin, and and it looks like Ron Rhodes deals with that as well um, within awesome. his in that book as well. So um, let's pray. Well, Let you. me pray for yes. uh, yeah, for you and your cousin. And Father, I pray for Tim as he reaches out to his family and and knowing that there is a genuine sincerity and desire to follow God, but it's a little bit off. And it's being misguided by wrong teaching. And so I pray, God, that even in the Roman Catholics that are listening to me right now, that might be stirred up a little bit, maybe even a little bit upset, would just pause and search the scriptures for themselves, not trusting man, uh, whether he be the Pope or some guy on the radio named Ed, but rather to trust in what your word says and allow your spirit to reveal the truth that ye must be born again. Uh, it is not a church that saves or a sacraments that save, but rather the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I pray even for those that are listening um, that might be upset every time we talk about Roman Catholicism, instead of being upset, Lord, that they would change their feelings into a desire to know the truth. And so I pray that you would lead them in that direction. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Perfect. I, I truly appreciate it. All right. God bless you, brother. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions and your texts. Um, We have a dedicated text line. I don't even think I've mentioned it yet. 720-336-0897. is the texting line. It's dedicated. Put these numbers in your phone book. And connect with, uh, you know, that way you don't have to remember them. You know, put one Calvary Live voice, Calvary Live text, and then you can do it automatically with your Siri or your Google Voice, and and you can do it automatically without having to dial in. All right, let's uh, go. Man, we've got quite a few East Coast calls today. Fantastic. Mike in Maryland, welcome to the program. Hey, Mike, how you're on there. Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Oh, man, this has been a long time. I, I've been listening to you for two years and uh, finally get to say hello. <laughs> I'm glad you called. I'm glad you got on the air. How can I help you? Uh, well, I'd like to have a couple prayers for me. Uh, one for my mom. Uh, she's 81. She kind of has memory loss sometimes. Okay. We think she may have moved, but we can't find her. <laughs> so she oh, may have no. moved in with a friend. Okay. Uh, that would be for her. And uh, for me, it would be for praying for uh, high blood pressure, and uh-huh. then uh, last one would be, I really would like to honestly be saved. I've traveled the Lord all my life, and yes. sometimes I feel, you know, it's like I must be missing something to be in a good relationship with our Lord to honestly feel that I'm saved. Okay, well, let me, because there's a little bit more, we're almost out of time for this first half. I'm going to put you back on hold. And then I'll I'll make you the first call we take on the other side so I can spend a little bit of time talking about the assurance of salvation. Okay? Okay, that's fine. Okay, so it'll just be a couple minutes. 
So you're oh, listening to Calvary Live, and uh, I don't want to. I I I don't want to pray for his mom. I want to pray for his health for sure. But I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the assurance of your salvation, and how you know you can know that you know that you're born again. That you know it's God's will that you know and have confidence that you're born again. That's for my friend calling from Maryland, but it's also for you listening. God is not wanting you to be worried your whole life, wondering if you're right with him, but rather he wants you to recognize that you will fail, you will stumble, you will have a real relationship, uh, and it will ebb and flow, unfortunately. Some people are stronger than others, but that is a part of the relationship a real relationship that you can have with god so we're going to be right back you hear the music we're going to take a real quick you know stretch break and we'll be back this is calvary live welcome back to calvary live Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Whether you're listening on the Grace FM radio network here in Colorado or Nebraska or Wyoming, or you're listening on the Hope FM radio network or the Truth FM radio network, we want to welcome you. You might be listening on a low power fm station that your church pro is is uh, u- using to send out the gospel in your community we're grateful to be on every station uh, including our online presence welcome everyone that's listening through the app or online at gracefm.com we welcome you welcome you welcome you you are a part of the family and we're grateful to be a small part of the huge work that god is doing in your life and just recognizing today, more than ever, that we're a part of a much larger body of believers. Uh, it, it's God is doing amazing things uh, and in, in huge ways, and we are a part of it as a part of the body of Christ. I'm grateful for our little church to be a part of the larger work of God on the earth today and connect it with your your church, your true church. Every true community of believers is a part of the larger community of believers. So welcome to Calvary Live, especially for those of you, this is your first time ever hearing this show, ever hearing it, maybe the first time you decide to call in. This is a show we've titled Calvary Live. And what that means is, is that we are wanting to talk about the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ live. And here's how it works. Uh, on the Grace FM radio network, we are live. And I'm in my office, uh, part of the extension of the studios of Grace FM. And I'm live taking your calls. We've got all this equipment and flashing lights. And all of it works, praise God, to take your call. And the number to dial is 303-690-3000. And it is live. But if you're listening on any other station and you didn't hear this is a um, encore, then you're hearing the show one week later. One week later. What that means is anytime the show's on, you can call and the host that's doing it live will take your call. Everyone in Colorado and we're listening to Grace FM are going to hear the answer live. And then you get to tune in the next week and hear yourself on the radio as the sta- as the program gets broadcast one week later. So 
uh, such a great partnership we have with Hope and Truth FM and many stations, uh, and we are uh, grateful to partner with you. 303-690-3000. So right before the break, we were in Maryland with Mike. Uh, Mike, welcome back. Hey, hello. How you doing? Fantastic. So let's talk before I pray for your mom, as you requested, and pray for your health, your blood pressure. Let's talk about, real quickly here, that sense of knowing that you're saved and having what we would say uh, biblically is having the assurance that you are sure that you're born again. And I guess the question would be, and we can start is, have you ever repented of your sins and yes, I do. Sin- and sometimes I feel like I do every day. It's like certain sins just keep coming up. Okay. And, and, and I keep saying I'm sorry for them. You know, I can't change things that happened 30, 40 years ago. And, correct. You, know, you have to keep moving on. Yes. But you so feel here's what... something between our Lord and I is, um, mm-hmm. hasn't been quite there yet. Um, well, here... I've been moved by reading every day, every night. I've always read, and I'm in actually Matthew 26 right now. Well, let's every let's time, talk a little bit yeah, about when you this. Read, yeah, something new comes up in a feeling that every time you would read the same thing, something new comes up the same day if you would read the same thing again. So, yes. But it's just a repet a, re, a repetition of your uh, your sins. Something keeps coming up. Uh, I feel like I want to get close to our Lord. Just something's there blocking that, and I haven't quite figured that out yet. Well, what you're experiencing is what is normal in any relationship, and that is relationships ebb and flow. The issue with our relationship with God is that the ebb and flow of relationship is squarely on our shoulders and our emotions. God is dwelling in us by the Holy Spirit, and we daily deal with what the Bible calls our flesh and with our sin and our mistakes, and as you mentioned, you have some things in your past, uh, some regrets and battles, and but these are all normal parts of relationship. I I love what First John chapter five verse eleven says, and this is the testimony God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son, and He who has the Son has life, and He who does not have the Son does not have life. And I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And so part of your prayer life, Mike, can become uh, when you're talking to God and you're just dealing with those same ups and downs and battles is, God, I come to you and I know that I know I'm saved. And as you recite that biblically, that you said, God, I know that I have eternal life, then you begin to talk about your struggles and your difficulties with God. You'll be able to affirm in your heart that you're talking to him as a saved person, not as someone who wonders if they're saved. And so, Father, I pray for my brother Mike in Maryland. I pray, God, for his blood pressure and even the battle of, you know, the battle of his life and the battle of his faith. I pray for his mom, Lord, first that you would, uh, that she would be revealed where she is. And that when she is, that would be, um, that would be, um, what's the word, Lord? What am I, like when she's revealed, she'd be safe and healthy. That's what I'm thinking. And so we pray that in Jesus' name. 
Amen. All right, Mike, thanks for calling in. We're going to move on to line number three now, also in Maryland. Joe, welcome to the program. Yes, hey, Pastor Ed, how are you doing today? Great, how are you? I'm doing well. I just wanted to call, and uh, I was listening to one of your, actually your last caller and one of your previous callers. I just wanted to make a comment. Um, I guess I was listening to the guy who was talking about his broken relationship with his girlfriend, and I I really loved your encouragement you gave him, because over a year ago I'd gone through a similar situation where I'd been in a long-term on-again, off-again relationship, and... uh, um, you know, it took it took me about a year, a little, maybe a little over a year, to heal heal from that. But God definitely, um, God definitely uh, healed my heart, and I, I've moved on from that. So, okay, but good, I liked you, your, your, the encouragement you gave him and the analogy of the uh, broken arm and cast, because nobody really knows how long it takes. But God, you know, it, it was refreshing yes. to hear that because it made me happy to know that yeah, I, I was once there, and now you know, now I'm healed and and, and have moved on from that. So, oh, great! But, um, How can I help you today? Yes, sir. Well, um, I just was going to ask for prayer in my life, um, kind of like your your last caller. I, sometimes I struggle with assurance of salvation as well. Um, yes. my, my work schedule has changed lately, and it's kind of prevented me from fellowshipping and, and attending church on a regular basis. And, and sometimes I feel like you know I'm just kind of drifting away, although. You know, my, my, my heart is saying, I love the Lord, you know, I, I want to worship, I want to fellowship, but when you're kind of broken away from your, your brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes I feel kind of weak, and I feel like my faith is dwindling, so I was yeah. going to ask for prayer on that, and I was also going to ask for a prayer for my son as well. Um, my son uh, is on the autistic spe- uh, spectrum for okay. behavioral disorder issues, and uh, he was me and his mother had agreed... Um, because of some of the issues he has with his uh, being on the spectrum, we we uh, agreed to try medication. So I, I'm just praying for okay. him. Uh, ask for prayers for him as well, because uh, you know I'm just okay, kind of concerned. Do he's doing he's doing better, but I I, I kind of worry about like the effects and, and long term you know long term effects of medication. So yes, just pray for my son Cameron and and and, and, and I, actually for his grandmother as well. I like to. Uh, send a, uh, a prayer request for his grandmother, who was recently uh, diagnosed with uh, cancer for the second time. And she's, she's, she's up in age, so she has breathing issues and is on oxygen, and she uh, was diagnosed again with cancer that she had previously had in her past. So, Well, let's pray. Father, I do yes, pray sir. for my friend in uh, Maryland. God, I pray for his son and this new challenge with... Um, well, it's not a new challenge, but like, you know, God, the uh, the trepidation and, and carefulness we walk into when we're going to give our children or even ourselves in medication, Lord. I, I pray for God, Joe's family, just that distance he feels, too, with not being in fellowship. I think a lot of people with COVID um, are feeling the same thing with COVID pandemic and the fear and being isolated at home and and so we pray, God, even even though technology is great, we, we really want it to be fulfilling. And, and so we pray for that. And I, there's so many things going on in my brother's life, God, that you would establish him, uh, strengthen him, and help him, God, grow in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you. Right. Thank you, Pastor. I Thanks, deep, buddy. Deeply appreciate it, brother. Yes, Bye-bye, sir. Joe. Stay in touch. All right, we're going down to Colorado Springs, where I just came back from. Anna, welcome to the program. 
Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. I was just down at New Life Church for a conference for the last two days. Oh, yeah. Very nice. We, yeah, I've we, spoken with you before um, great. about a divorce that I went through, but um, okay. I know you speak with so many people that, yeah, you probably don't remember, but um, huh. I really appreciate well, what you're doing. And thank um, you. I just had a couple questions. I am a cradle Catholic, so um, okay. I've, you know, I'm not anymore. I mean, I'm not Catholic anymore. And right. so my question is, um, you know, we get baptized as babies. And yes. so do, I know the verse where it says, I'm the, you know, you have to choose God and believe in him to get to heaven. My question is, do I need to be um, re-baptized? Do I need to be dunked in water? I believe you should be water baptized of your own free will. Yes, I believe okay. that what happened for you as a baby was just you got wet and that it wasn't true Christian baptism because the Bible indicates to us that true Christian baptism is done, number one, by believers, and number right. two, that they know that they're doing it. Like they are consciously, because right. baptism is a beautiful picture of identifying with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It, you go into the water, you go into the waters of death, you go under the water, you're buried, you come up out of the water, it's the resurrection, then you walk out of the water into new life. And it's very, very powerfully symbolic. Unfortunately, uh, in Roman Catholicism and some Protestant churches, it's used um, within uh, baptizing infants as a part of the sacramental system um, but the Bible doesn't really teach the baptism as a sacrament for a baby. Uh, the Bible teaches baptism as a willing participant sacramental um, decision by the person that's born again. So I believe, yes, you should be water baptized as an adult. Okay, yeah, because in the Catholic Church, they have this thing where you go through confirmation, and that's your way of confirming, like, that's the same thing. You're making a decision that, yes, I want to be Catholic, so it's kind of... I'm going to definitely get baptized, um, but, you know, by being dunked. I just wanted to have you clarify that for me. And then yes, um, my question is, you know, and I don't know how many people are dealing with this, um, but sex before marriage. Um, I've had people tell me flat out that I'm crazy because I've always waited, uh, but, yes. you know, and uh, my last marriage um we waited and then after we were married he didn't even want to be with me okay so i think you can recall that conversation i'm sure i don't know but um i don't know what to do because i've had people tell me i'm flat out crazy and then i'm going to be alone and i i get that and they say you know it with this day and age you can't follow those guidelines you know we're in you know 20th century you know 2021 now what what do I, I mean, how do I, it's been instilled is my, like in my brain since I am, you know, cradle Catholic, that sex is wrong before marriage. And so I can't get that guilt. And I know a lot of people say that that's what Catholicism is all about is the guilt, the fear and sure. everything else. But I can't, I can't get that out of my mind. So I don't know how to fix that. And I mean, am, am I crazy? Like, I mean, am I the only one dealing with this? Well, one of the good things about 
having a background in Roman Catholicism is that they do have the Bible and they do teach many things that are consistent with the Bible. And one of the things that they, that Roman Catholicism that I would agree with is that sex is the sex is something that is designed for marriage so that anything outside of marriage, both physically mentally, emotionally, and I just taught on this briefly this last Sunday at our, in our church is sin. And your friend's advice, uh, as well-meaning as it might be, is simply not good biblical advice. And they're mixing things up, um, which is easy to do. But when they say when they say something along the lines of, this is a 21st century, you're going to be alone the rest of your life if you choose that route, those are separate things. You, number one, it's the 21st century, and definitely the cultural norms are very different today and they highly approve of sinful sexual relations on on all sorts of levels. So we definitely we realize we're living in a culture that has different values than even in the 50s or the 40s or even in the Victorian age or whatever age. So we realize that. Number two, the idea that you're going to be alone forever is simply not true. It's not. We don't know what the future is going to hold for you. Uh, we don't know if God was going to bring or you're going to meet a new person and a new man and strike up a friendship and that friendship l- leads to something deeper and you may even get married again. Um, but the idea to scare you or the idea of, man, if you take this view, you're going to be lonely your whole life. That's not true. And and then thirdly, the tr- truth that you're holding on to doesn't have to, you don't have to approach it. The biggest thing that you're fighting, like you said, from your Roman Catholic background is this idea of guilt and shame and manipulation. <laughs> and yeah. the, but God doesn't operate that way. So when he says something's not good for you, he says that for good reason. Like he's not saying you bad woman, uh, you can never do that because you will be a bad woman, you know, stay away from sin because it's sinful. No, he, he's saying, God, when God, like a loving father, says, stay away from this because it will hurt you and it will harm you and it will it will do great, especially sexual sin. It will do deep damage into your psyche. Uh, And so as you're learning how to hear the voice of God over and above the way you were raised, you're going to find that some of the things you learned as you were raised were spot on. Just the motivation was wrong. Now, the new motivation in a real relationship with God is not guilt, shame, or manipulation. It's love. I love God, so I want to follow his love uh, precepts for my life. Like, for example, I have kids. And if I call my daughter and I say, when you're driving tonight, honey, don't speed. Be careful. She could take that one of two ways. She could, oh, dad just doesn't like me. He just doesn't want me. I don't have to listen to him. He's, you know, I can speed. And and she certainly could take it that way, but we have a relationship. So she knows she's still going to make up her own mind. She's still going to be the driver of the car. I'm not there. But for the sake of her safety, for the sake of the safety of others, just follow the speed limit, please. Just be careful. Watch out for yourself. I'm not there to protect you. And I believe God, when he gives us, when he gives us precepts, especially surrounding our personal lives, uh, and he's the one that created sex. And so he created it in such a way that it is only to be used in certain contexts. Like I shared the example here. I have a friend, 
I have a friend that had a fire in his garage recently. Um, oh. And in his garage, he had thrown out some embers into a trash can and they simmered and over, you know, and he thought they were not red anymore, but they were red and they ended up starting a fire and it, you know, that now they have to be out of their house for two months because it smells oh, like smoke. No. And so fire in his trash can is the wrong place, but that fire actually came from his fireplace. Like the embers came when the fire was in his fireplace. And when the fire was in the fireplace, it provided warmth, comfort, beauty, everything about it. But in the trash can, it was destructive, harmful, and even has long-lasting effects now because now they're going to have to move out of the house so that the they, people can come in and take the smell out. And, and so sex is very similar as fire. In the right context, it's very productive. It's what God intended. Outside of the context, it's very destructive and harmful for a long time. Okay, well, yeah, that's my, my issue is because I waited with my, you know, I've been married twice, actually, and I waited both times, and both men were abusive, and then we didn't even end up being together. And so everybody's excuse now is, well, you have to do it before marriage because it's, it's an important part of a relationship. I get that it's an important part, but I just can't get over this, like, barrier, you know, of, you know, people tell me, you know, I've been told I'm attractive, you know, and everything else but most of these men just want one thing and so i guess i just should stay away from that because i don't think i could handle <laughs> i'm a, well, I, I, I regret getting married and waiting because he didn't he didn't want me after that and he was abusive so now now it's like because i didn't do that before marriage now i'm alone he, you know he didn't want me anyway so i'm not I, it's i'm it's i'm well those I've are definitely out, right but the, no not but, really those are separate, you know, those are separate traumatic, you know, painful experiences and rejection and and relationships. But when you come back to who you are in Christ and what he desires from you, you know right away in meeting someone, you know, speaking to you even as a daughter in Christ, if that's all the guy wants, then he's not the right guy for you. Move on. That's what I, and let, that's what I figured. Let your okay. friends be. Let your friends say what they want to say and hold to their opinions. But you become a great witness and a testimony to them by obeying God and His Word. Okay, Ed, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. You're so welcome. Much for the clarification. You're welcome. God bless you. Bye bye. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. All right, this is a great place. We're going off to Tennessee now. Marcy on line one, Tennessee. Welcome to the program. Oh, man, we lost Marcy. All right, lines are wide open, 303-690-3000. Marcy, is she, did you lose her? Did the call drop? I don't see on the call screen what we got there. Okay, lines are wide open, 303-690-3000. Someone uh, had a question about Lent. Uh, so I'm glad that you asked that question because in many, uh, well, of course, Roman Catholicism and even some Protestant uh, uh, churches are celebrating Ash Wednesday today. Uh, and Ash Wednesday is a celebration, if you will, of rem remembering that we came from dust and will return to dust and that uh, we are sinners in need of forgiveness. So it's a day of confession 
and it's a day of of, rem- of the remember remembering our humanity uh, and that's the essence of it and however it is a sacramental uh, well I'm, I want to be careful with that word uh, it is a period of time how about that a uh, period of time that begins today and ends on Easter Sunday and those that decide to participate in Lent will fast or give up a particular food or habit or create a new, that commit to do something uh, during that time. Um, I, I, I guess I could use the word sacrament because I think with Roman Catholicism, it is, dealt, it is viewed sacramentally as a way to get the blessing of God. Uh, and, you know, uh, here, you know, in a non-denominational church, we uh, do not practice Lent as the Roman Catholics do. Um, we believe every day is a day of confession. We believe that every day is a day of remi- remembering our humanity. Uh, I know that some Protestant churches are beginning to celebrate Ash Wednesday and all kinds of sacramental things. And, and the idea is more along the lines of remembering the universal church uh, and not being so isolated in this individualistic culture. But we don't celebrate it. Um, I would rather... Uh, I don't want you to have a priest apply the ashes. Uh, Do I think there's anything sinful about having ashes put on your forehead? No, unless you think the going through it, you're doing what you need to do so you can earn your salvation. That's completely wrong. But fasting is a very important biblical principle. Jesus expects us to fast. That's what he said, when you fast. I taught Bible study on our app, calvaryco.church, or go to your app store and put in the name Ed Taylor, and on our app, I did Bible studies on fasting. Um, and if you do participate, you know, in a Ash Wednesday service or something, just just focus on the Lord. Um, focus on the need to repent of sin and consecrate yourself to, you know, set yourself up and commit to the Lord. But I I was just talking about this with Pastor Ian today, and I, I I don't foresee ever participating in an Ash Wednesday because it's so closely associated with the Roman Catholic Church and 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 we have so many uh, people in our community Roman Catholic that came out of the Roman Catholic background that I don't want to cause confusion. You don't have to have ashes on your forehead. You don't have to participate in Lent. Uh, you don't have to um, you know get palms from the priest on Palm Sunday. Um, none of those things are required. Um, but it's very similar in some ways to the feasts of the Old Testament where you don't have to participate in them, but they do have significant meaning. Now, of course, the feasts in the Old Testament have way more significant meaning because they're pictures of Jesus Christ fulfilled in Jesus. But, you know, I think that if we're living, you know, if the, the, the other thing about the, the calendar of the church is it's to, it was intended to keep your mind on Christ participating in Advent and Lent, and the idea is you don't forget Christ. However, the problem is is that in many religious systems, that's the only time you really think about Christ, which is not necessarily bad, but you start to identify yourself by the calendar instead of your daily personal relationship. And of course, Protestants or non-denominationals, we can get into the same problem in just treating God like, you know, for us, it would be you just come to church on Sunday and live like the devil all week. Uh, It's a human condition, um, but we don't participate in Lent, uh, and we we think you need more than just six weeks of self-discipline 
and um, fasting a lot more than just during Lent. And uh, we don't want to associate, uh, be confused with Roman Catholicism. Um, but I know a lot of new Protestant churches are starting to attach themselves to the tradition, uh, attach themselves to the uh, history of the early church uh, and different practices. But, you know, I think contextually uh, it, it does speak to a larger work of what God's doing. Uh, however, we are free in Christ and every day is a day of sacrifice. Every day is a day of commitment. Every day is a day where you can choose to fast, uh, choose to consecrate yourself to the Lord. So, all right. Well, we're uh, coming up at the end of the show. Come on out. Uh, let me look out the window really quick here. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there was a lot of snow, so it'll be very safe for you to come out. Calvary Aurora, Calvary Church in Aurora is on Hampton and Tower, and uh, we will be um, a special study tonight. We're going to be very encouraged on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. What a great message for a day that's celebrated Ash Wednesday. Let's talk about the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about his baptismal power to empower us to follow him. So tonight we'll be gathering to sing together, to pray together, to study the Bible together, to fellowship together. Uh, We have opened downstairs, so that means Resurrection Coffee is open, so come early and get a... We have the best coffee in town because we source it from Sonder uh, and we got all new equipment it's been closed for a year it's open now no food just drinks um, distancing face covering carefulness but worshiping Jesus love you guys we'll see you in a couple hours here at Calvary Church you've been listening to Calvary Live tune in next time for prayer and God's word